Okay, so in the first reading, Brother John read from the prophet Isaiah, we read and hear about the prophecy of the coming of what? The incarnation. Then when he read the second reading, we hear Paul's words commenting back on the incarnation. And what is the gospel reading about? It is the incarnation. What do we celebrate at Christmas? The incarnation. So I have said before, and it, if when we went to seminary, and I've, you've heard me say it before, it's the happiest time of my life because I just remember sitting there in class almost every day, not every day, sometimes I was tired, just wanting to share everything we were learning with all the Catholics of the world because I just felt, and we know that you can't love fully what you don't know. And so the better we know our Lord, the better we're able to love him. And I think this is a perfect example of that. But to really know who Jesus is, you've got to know who the Trinity is. Now, we, we cannot fully understand the mystery of the Trinity. It's, it's a mystery. But a lot of people use that as an excuse that they go, have to go no farther. No, our Lord reveals a lot to us through the scriptures, through the church, about who he is. In fact, one of my classes was God, one, and triune. That was one of the classes. Now, if you remember, I'm going to go beyond what I've said before. I want to do a quick refresher of what I've taught before on the Trinity. Then I take it farther. Because I think you guys are ready because we've, we've, we've been saying this. Now it's time to go a little deeper. You're going to get a little theology here today. All right, you've heard me say before that who is the Trinity? One of the best ways to think of the Trinity is yourself. You are a mirror of the Trinity. Why? Okay, because when God the Father... The person of God the Father, right? This is important. Um, when he speaks, when he thinks, that knowledge comes forth in the form of a word. So right now you are learning about me by the, the words I choose to use. And the words I choose to you reveal who I am. So God the Father is revealed who he is by the word he utters. That word is the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God the Father. That's what we call the second person of the Trinity, wisdom, the, e the word, the eternal word. That's why EWTN is the eternal word television network. You've heard me say this before. But in order for me to say a word, it has to be Powered with a breath. There has to be the power of the breath. That's why we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And the word ruah means breath, air. That nobody thinks of the Holy Spirit as air or breath, but that's the power that powers the breath that comes from my knowledge. Now you've heard me say all this before, but right now I'm going to take you deeper. We're going to take you into graduate level theology. Because it goes beyond that. So that's what you've heard me say before. Now, remember, the father thinking of himself, this begets the son. The son is begotten, doesn't create him. The father, son, and Holy Spirit have lived for all eternity, have existed, I should say, for all eternity. The father doesn't create the son, but the son comes from the father. He is the begotten of the father, comes from not created, all right? 
And this son, as I said, is the knowledge of God, S-O-N. Now, this is why we call him wisdom. Because it's everything that God the Father knows articulated. So as I'm thinking in my brain what to say next, I articulate it through the word. It's like God the Father speaks the word. This is the Son. Now, we call him wisdom. Now, from the Father, loving the Son now, proceeds the Holy Spirit. That is the love between the Father and the Son is so great that from it comes a third person, the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say, it's like the family. You have the father, the lover, the wife, the beloved, and the love between them is so great that from them comes a third person, the child. We are a mirror of the Trinity, all right? So this is also, as we say, love. So when God loves himself, the love between the father and the son, we have the Holy Spirit. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. That's why we different from the East. In the West, we are the Western Church. We believe that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. In the East, they believe the Father, from Him proceeds the Son, and from the Father proceeds the Holy Spirit separately. We in the West believe the love between the Father and the Son proceeds the Holy Spirit. What does all that mean? Okay. All that means is when God thinks of himself, we have the Son, and when he loves himself, we have the Holy Spirit. That's why the Son is called knowledge or wisdom, and the Holy Spirit is love. Now, let's take it further. This is what makes us human. Knowledge and free will, love. Love is an act of the will. So, we have and are made in the image of of God. This is why a sin to be mortal needs knowledge and free will. It's what makes us human. We have to have knowledge. We exist. We're like God the Father. We have to have knowledge like God the Son and the love and free will to love the Holy Spirit. Now, it is fitting though that which one of those became man? We just read in here all three readings about God becoming man. But why not God the Father? Why not God the Holy Spirit? Why was it God the Son? Okay, now, he became man. This is fascinating to me. Because knowledge is the key gift received. This goes all the way back to the garden. When I learned this in seminary, I about fell out of my chair. I've never heard it before. I've never heard it since. And I've never, I don't think I've even taught this. And this is why I said, I want to go deeper with you to the joy that I had in seminary. Here it is. In the garden, what was man seeking? Okay, people think that they got in trouble, Adam and Eve, from eating from the tree of life. It wasn't. What did Adam and Eve get in trouble from, for eating from? The knowledge of good and evil. So in the garden, man was seeking knowledge. They wanted to be like God. And God showed them, I need to bring it to you my way. You can't grab it your way. And so now God delivers it in the best way. Knowledge itself. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. So the Father basically says, let me offer you now what you were really seeking in the first place. 
but you did it the wrong way. You went after it yourself. Calm down, sit back and let me bring knowledge to you. Not you trying to grab it from me I will give it to you. So in the garden, Adam and Eve sinned because they wanted to reach out and grab knowledge. I want to be like God. Now God's saying, hold on. I'm going to give you the knowledge that you were seeking in the garden, but you went about it the wrong way. And the knowledge I'm going to give you is knowledge itself. The second person of the Trinity. Remember we just described God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second person is wisdom, knowledge. This is what God, who God is when he speaks the word. Now, this is the thing. God gave us his son, who is knowledge and wisdom itself. Do you know what those are? Those are the two highest gifts of the Holy Spirit. The whole gifts of the Holy Spirit, the two highest, are knowledge and wisdom, understanding. And so you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift, the highest gift of the Holy Spirit is Christ himself, the second person of the Trinity. This is amazing. Man is perfected in wisdom when he learns the word of God. What are you doing right now? You are learning the word of God. You are being perfected. This is because we are rational. And we receive understanding, wisdom, knowledge when we hear the word. The word is wisdom itself is knowledge itself. So when we receive the word itself, this is the living word of the second person of the Trinity, we then receive true knowledge. If we did this in the world today, there wouldn't be any confusion about the life not being protected. There'd be no confusion about redefining marriage. There would be no confusion on this because we would have an understanding properly and so it is like the disciples. Okay, this is funny because when you have the great masters, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, they, they all learn from the master, the one before them. So it's, we're kind of like that. We're like that disciple being instructed and being taught from a master, right? The father is that master. He created the world through his word, through his thought, through his knowledge, and then spoke it into being by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing, everybody. If that's how God created the world, you remember the Gospel of John? The Gospel of John talks about how God created the world. In the beginning was the word. God created through the word. He spoke it into being. Remember Genesis? The Lord said, let there be light. He spoke it into being. So if God spoke the word into being, if he created through the Son, guess how he had to repair the world? Through the Son. So if God, through the Son, created the world, then the world got defiled because she tried to inordinately find her own knowledge instead of waiting for God to give it to her. He then had to repair the world through that same son he created the world. God the Father created the world through the son. God the Father was going to repair the world through the son. And so the same son, the same word through whom he first created. So it is fitting that it is the second person of the Trinity, the son who became man, who became incarnate. 
And then we too then are adopted sons, like the son. You can also, the son inherits the kingdom of the father. So when the son redeemed the world, we now become adopted sons. We are small s. He is capital S. He is the son. But now he opened the door for us to be sons and daughters. You know, the incarnation makes sense because the, the redeemer had to be both man and God. Why? Okay, when mankind fell, it was man's sin that created the separation between God and man. All right, now, sin was so grave that this gap, this, this chasm that was created between God and man was so big that only God could fix it. It's, it's, it's like trying to fill in the Grand Canyon. Only God could fill in the Grand Canyon. That's how big of a, of a chasm there is between man and God after sin. But the problem is, although even God, only God can fix it, it's not right that God fix it because he didn't break it. We broke it. That's why a good parent makes the child atone for the wrong they've done. That's not hate. That's loving discipline. So the problem is, if this, if this fissure, this, this wound is so great that man created, only God could fix it, the problem is, God didn't create the wound, man did, so man needs to fix it. But the problem is, man doesn't have the power to fix it. Only God has the power to fix it. But the power is God didn't break it, man broke it. So what do you do? Who fixes it, God or man? Well, God's the only one powerful enough, but man is the one who broke it. Hence, the God-man. You need a both the man and God to be able to fix it, to redeem it. Hence, Jesus Christ. Hence, the man, the incarnation. Hence, God becoming man. Now, remember, Jesus is not, is not a divine person, excuse me, is not a human person. He's a divine person with a human nature. And so this is the divine person, the second person of the Trinity came down and became, in the hypostatic union, he assumed a human nature. He's one person. He's a divine person, but he has a human and a divine nature. So he's like, we are, we are in the incarnation. We are given a divine person who becomes both God and man in their nature. This to me is unbelievable. And so man could only make satisfaction for himself and not for the entire human race after the fall. So the damage was so big, only God could pay the debt, but God didn't owe it. Man did. And so the Redeemer had to be both God and man. This is what we read about today. This is what we read about today. And finally, it, it also makes perfect sense because a lot of people always say, you know, Father, all religions have good and all religions are the same. I, I've told you before, my own parents, as long as you believe in something, no, no, no. There is a difference. Not all religions are the same. All right, I'll finish with this. Uh, only in our religion is there a God so loving, so merciful, that he would become one of us, would, would condescend to become one of us to break or to repair the break we caused. In all other religions, Islam, for example, God would never condescend to come down and become one of us. That is why they are entirely different. Entirely different. And yes, there is a difference. 
In our religion, our belief, God is so merciful, so loving that he came down to be one of us. He condescended to become man. No other religion believes that. None. And so all other gods are transcendent. It would not care that much about us. All other religions, there's no other God would become one of us, especially out of love. In those other religions, God is a disciplinarian. All right, although God doesn't need us, he chose to become one of us out of love. The basis of humanity of the Jews, that is why they show him as the heart. It's not the brain, it's the heart. And that heart encompasses the whole person. Knowledge and free will, knowledge and love. You know, we don't say it's the sacred brain of Jesus, we say the sacred heart of Jesus. Because in that word becoming flesh, the knowledge of God becoming flesh, it's most seen by its heart. And so all of the incarnation makes sense if you think about it this way. We can't understand it fully. But at the incarnation, he became one of us. The heart, the heart, the heart. You know, he made us vulnerable with a need to be loved. But at the same time, he's human in his nature, so he needs to be loved. That's why we console the heart of Jesus. That is why we, when we receive communion, must do it reverently. That is why we need to console our Lord, quenching his thirst for love of us. And his love of us was so great, he became one of us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.